Thank you, Craig. <clears throat> I invite us to start our reflection time a little differently this morning with our own practice of breathing. Let's start by planting your feet on the floor if you can, settling into your seat, relaxing your shoulders and your belly and your jaw, closing your eyes or unfocusing your gaze. Take a big breath in. Hold it for just a second. And let it out with a sigh. Do it again. Now let your breath come to normal, whatever that means for you. Breathe in and out, feeling the air fill your lungs, imagining the oxygen being absorbed into your blood from the tiny air sacs at the tips of your bronchioles. Imagining it being picked up and moved around your body to flood all of the parts that need it. Feel the breath come in. No need to worry about quieting it or changing its rhythm. Just notice how it feels moving in and out of you. Notice too the thoughts that come in and out of your mind the same way the breath comes in and out of your body. No need to worry about quieting that either. Just acknowledge each thought, each idea, as it enters and then let it flow back out. Notice the sounds within you and around you. What do you hear within your body, within the room, out in the street? What about the spaces of quiet in between the sounds? Listen. Notice what your body can feel in this moment. The texture of fabric against your skin, the tightness of shoes or socks on your feet or the feel of the floor under them, the movement created by your breath and your beating heart. Notice what you see, the images in front of you or in your mind's eye in the present or in your memory, let them come in like the breath and back out. Notice what you smell, the subtle odors of the room you're in, maybe the food or the coffee or tea in front of you or that have been there before. Notice what you taste food or beverage still lingering on your tongue, your teeth, the roof of your mouth. Notice what thoughts or memories come to mind as you acknowledge the hints of smells. And then let them go too. And breathe in and out.
sometimes when we stop trying to stop the thoughts and feelings and images and just sit with them, we can let ourselves be moved into a different way of being. Sometimes when we let ourselves notice the small sensations of sitting and breathing, we can enter into enough quiet to hear a small still voice arising from within us or beyond us. Sometimes this practice can move us into places of deep insight or peace. Sometimes it can move us into deep discomfort or unrest. Either way, know that while you're sitting here, breathing, noticing, we are doing the same with you. Let's end this time of meditation with a few moments of quiet, of stillness, if we can, in awareness of our own spirits and each other's. There are so many things to notice as we work with breath practice. To start with, I'm gonna lift up the simple act of noticing as we just did together. We talked about that a little bit last week in the context of finding stillness, about how taking a breath and inviting stillness can invite us into seeing the beauty and delight around us. That was about accessing those things for simple appreciation. And it is true, we need to take those things in to be able to be whole humans. What I was saving for this week to talk about is what might happen next. Cultivating our ability to see the beauty and delight around us is one of the ways we can open ourselves to the possibilities in the world. They're lovely in and of themselves and we feel better when we can access them. And when we can access them, we move into a state of being sometimes that is a little more open. That openness can help us cultivate more honesty about what is within and between us, including an ability to sit with not just the good and lovely things, but also the ugly and hard things. Things like sadness and resentment and anger, things we don't usually associate with stillness and things that don't usually move us into stillness the way beauty can. In this case, what stillness can help offer is help in clarifying our perceptions and our responses to them. I didn't say to be calm, said the wind. I said to breathe. And there we go. Stillness is not the same thing as calm. Sometimes calm can come from a stillness practice or a breathing practice and this can feel good. Sometimes we seek calm as an escape from the hard things in the world, and this can give us comfort, and sometimes that is completely appropriate. And it can be counterproductive, because our, our comfort in a time of unrest can actually increase the harm done in the world, right? If I pursue only my own comfort in my practice outside of those times when comfort is indeed what I need. 
if I pursue only my own comfort, and that means pushing aside the injustices that surround me but don't impact me directly, I'm contributing to the harm done to the people who are directly impacted. Rather, I would pursue a practice that helps me sit with and process the unrest and my feelings about it and move out of that practice, not so much comforted, but inspired to work for change with an ability to express those feelings in a way that can enhance my work. Because there are most definitely things going on that we should have strong feelings about. Don't tell me to be calm when there are so many reasons to be angry, so much cause for despair. How many times have you been told to calm down when you're upset or distraught or angry? Are there not situations in, the, in which those responses are justified, maybe even helpful? There's this sense in our society that coming from a place of emotion is somehow less valid than being objective, that an issue is somehow more worthy of hearing and that the speaker is somehow more respectable if it's presented in a calm way. That's the culture of white supremacy talking, invalidating the experiences of injustice that bring us to anger and despair and shushing our voices when we express that anger. We don't have to be calm to be right or to be effective. We have to know what we are feeling and why. And sometimes we have to spread those feelings around so others can act and we can act together out of them. We're going to need a lot of air to make this hurricane together. We need energy in our work toward building a fair and equitable world. Lots of energy gathered among many people to keep pushing against the systems of domination, colonialism, rampant capitalism, white supremacy, patriarchy, heteronormativity, and healing the harm that they have done to so many. We need more people to access the anger and despair that I know that many of us here today in this space know that is caused by the injustices caused by those systems. Sometimes we have to be still in order to hear what we're being called toward and to build the resources to clarify the feelings and build what we need to answer that call. I think this is what it might mean to be a people of stillness, to build a culture in which stillness is valued for what it can offer us and our relationships with each other and our earth for the clarity it can bring as we discover the impacts of the current state of our nation on us and our human siblings and discern our roles in bringing justice and healing. Rather than simply seeking calm or comfort, this kind of stillness can help us feel more deeply and see more possibilities for change. And it can ready us to take our place in what is to come. And I think, to be a people of stillness might also be to build a culture in which calm can exist after the hurricane we make sweeps away those systems that oppress and marginalize 
and everyone is safe and supported and valued and cherished. May it be so. May we be so. <laughs>